the day. Freight and rail together, frail. I like it. The Money Show. The Markets. To Nilash Hazanshi, who is the portfolio manager at the Old Mutual Investment Group, on the line to us from Cape Town this evening. And markets around the world, Nilash, taking a beating off the back of those astonishing U.S. jobs numbers. I looked a little while ago, U.S. markets were one, one and a half percent weaker. Europe was similar, and the JSE lost some ground too. Yeah, good evening to you, Bruce, and good evening to your listeners. Um, that's exactly the, the news of the day. I mean, it was a monster jobs report, and uh, clearly showing the economy is still strong, and the Fed still has more to do in terms of the rate hiking cycle. I think what we're basically listening to is that we're not near the end of the peak, and there's a bit more to go. And we've seen that filter through in this strong dollar through the markets. We've seen PGMs come off on the JSE, um, and EM markets also just fizzle a bit today. Uh, yeah, and quite sharply so in terms of the huge impact, of course, of those jobs numbers, the 518,000 versus fewer than 250,000 that were expected. What was, um, in addition to that, of course, currency markets took a big, big whack. We lost 3.5% against the US dollar today. Uh, again, probably within line of expectations. Just how far does this dollar go before it starts really hurting the US economy, I wonder? Well, I think we've got, we've got to take the news in the context of the way the markets have moved this year. You know, we've had a spectacular run, um, you know, through to January. Uh, all markets up, you know, more than 15 to over 15 percent across the board. Um, we came off a week where, you know, we had the Fed, Fed rate hike of 20 bucks, you know, slightly in line with expectations, but basically a part where we thought inflation was under control. The strong jobs number tells us that the economy or the spending can still continue. I mean, most of the, the jobs came through the leisure and hospitality sector. Uh, more jobs means more people have money to spend, which can still support inflation. Um, and we still need to steal that through. I think the other thing that happened over the weekend was, you know, the China shooting down of the Chinese spy balloon. I think that just highlights the fact that there's still some more geopolitical risks out there and the market yeah. just hasn't been pricing that in. Yeah, and that's that, that tension, it's a constant tension. And, of course, it comes to the fore. The Chinese claim it was a weather balloon. The U.S. authorities feared it was a spy balloon. It followed a really odd trajectory and track across the United States. And eventually they shot it down. They're looking for the wreckage and they're hoping to piece it together to discover exactly what was part of that air balloon, um, weather balloon, spy balloon, whatever balloon, but got shot down. And, and that's, yeah, that's never good for relations uh, when one of the world's superpowers shoot down <laughs> another superpower's um, hardware. It's, it's never going to end well on that particular front. Um, then, um, quite interesting updates today as part of the mining in Darba, no doubt. Tungela resources, when Tungela was spun out of Anglo-American, it was like, if Anglo-American doesn't want this thing, then what's it really worth? And suddenly Ukraine happened and suddenly coal prices went through the roof and Tungela's talking about certainly emerging market demand for coal is going to remain strong for an awfully long time. This isn't a story uh, that ends for Tungela anytime soon. No, so I think Tungela, Tungela will be clear that demand is going to remain firm, especially from the Asian countries. And the recent acquisition announcement with the ancient mining in Australia supports that. I think what we like about Tungela is they've been very clear around their state of strategy and clearly looking to use this enormous cash pile that they've built up, built up with coal prices to deploy the capital 
to diversify out of the South African operations, but also to feed into that Asian market. As you know, Australia is very close to all their key, their key markets that they're looking at, which is China, Japan, and the surrounding countries. So I think that plays quite well. I think what we're seeing in the near term uh, is clearly with the prices falling off, um, is that you know, there is still a question mark around demand uh, for it energy and coal. Uh, Europe's gone through just a warmer winter, which has given time for the re- Europeans just to build up you know, the inventory at their terminals. Uh, which is a clearly a much different situation to where they were last year at this time. And then what about uh, the other big one on the day, of course, and uh, that was uh, more to also in that resources sector, of course, resources very much front of mind with the mining in Daba um, all going on at the moment. And that, of course, is the the view that's coming through from Sibania, that it's not keen on doing any merger and acquisition in the gold space. Now, Sibania um, started life as the... Uh, gold assets in South Africa that Goldfields no longer wanted. Subsequently, Neil Froneman, the chief executive, has said that he is, you know, putting, putting, giving his mines notice. Effectively, he won't be mining gold in South Africa, and then in the next decade, possibly less. And they're focusing on all sorts of far more exciting things than <laughs> lithium and platinum group metals and all sorts of party metals, as opposed to good old-fashioned gold. That's exactly it, Bruce. I mean, what we love is Mr. Fonerman's, um, you know, he's very clear on the strategy, on his strategy and his intentions. I mean, he's come out saying, yes, he's still not keen on gold after he's also said that he's washed down those rumors, you know, in August last year. Um, and he's since gone on and been clear around his kind of battery, battery metals expansion. Um, and he's executed on that. And I think what's a clear kind of signal of that is, you know, today, uh, his project in Finland, which is the lithium mines, has received its environmental approval or environmental permits, you know, which means that you know, they could start spending money to start construction in that in literally a, a, within months. Um, but I think what we like about him is you know, he's clear on his M&A, he's clear on his strategy, and he delivers against that. Most certainly does, and the investors who've backed him have been very well rewarded for their trouble. Nilash, thank you. Nilash Hansji is the portfolio manager at the Old Mutual Investment Group. I don't know if you saw the um, assessment today of Gwede Mantashi, the Mineral Resources Minister, um, saying that load shedding is costing South Africa's economy a billion rand a day. You know what else costs a billion rand a day? And that is servicing our growing debt burden. So we've got a big week this week. State of the Nation address on Thursday. That's all blah, blah, promises, promises, promises. Fib, fib, fib. Extrapolate, extrapolate. Uh, Find some good news to tell. Look for a positive headline stuff. The budget is going to be where the tacky hits the road. And um, the fact that these things are costing so much and driving up inflation, driving up the cost of living, driving up absolutely everything in South Africa except joy, happiness and expansionary mindsets, if load shedding is costing us a billion rand a day and a pay, repaying our national debt is costing us another billion rand a day, I mean, this is just money that goes is flushed down the toilet. It's money that is, is wasteful. It really is exceptionally wasteful. It could do so much more good in the right hands. You could, I don't know, sponsor a football team or two. Sophia Zulu with Eyewitness News now at half past six. Thanks, Bruce. Good evening. President Sir Ramaphosa has 